We've been doing this thing a lot of years. It never lets us down. March Madness continues. We're not waiting for the madness to arrive. It's obviously already in full swing. This is the moment that these kids have dreamt about, trying to continue their March Madness dream. There's an extra level of excitement. You can feel it all around the country. The ball is today. Hello, everybody. This is Josh Price, and you are listening to the Mark Price for Three podcast. Each episode, my dad will be talking NBA basketball, sharing some coaching and instruction, and of course, talking about his faith. Without further delay, here's my dad, Mark Price. Welcome back to episode 21 of the Mark Price for Three podcast, March Madness series. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great, Aaron. It's an exciting time of year, if you're a basketball fan anyway. So the brackets are out. The teams have been announced. Just curious before we jump into the brackets and all that kind of stuff, your thoughts on a couple of teams that got left out. I was a little shocked at Clemson not getting in over NC State. I mean, how do you beat a team three times in the same league? You're ranked three places higher than them in the same league, and they get in and you don't. <laughs> I just, I, 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 yeah. those are the kind of things about the, the, the thing that I don't understand or having a losing record in your conference. I mean, didn't West Virginia have a losing record in their conference? I believe so. Yes, I think so. I just don't think if you have a losing record in your conference, how can you get in the tournament? It just, I don't know. Some of the things are mind blowing to me on the selection side of things. I just was curious on your thoughts. My team was the preseason number one ranked team and my team didn't make the tournament, but turned down their bid to the NIT, which is a whole nother podcast for another day. But <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. So let's just leave them out because they earned not making the tournament. I think Clemson had a really good year. You and I have talked about it before. Schedule matters. And so many teams schedule soft before conference and then hope that their conference record is strong enough. And you got to say with Clemson, their strength of schedule was pretty weak, I think, but they played well. In the conference, as you said, they beat NC State three times. They had some amazing and, and tough wins. Look, their, their record was as good as Pitt in terms of in conference. So Pitt's guilty right. of the same thing. You know, Pitt got in right. with with a weak pre-conference schedule. So, yeah, it, it is tilted and it's weird because if you're, if you're a head coach or a, a team looking at your season, what does it take to get in the tournament? Because that's the ultimate prize. So... Really right. interesting and, and good for NC State. As, a, as an ACC fan, I will be a fan of the ACC teams, as you'll hear when we talk about our brackets. But I agree with you. I think Clemson deserved that a little more than NC State. Let's talk about the brackets. Are, uh, we're talking about underdogs. That's right. Week. And let's look at some of <laughs> – there's obvious underdogs on the list, but then we can kind of get into maybe some underdogs that might – sneak up on some people let's start in the south bracket okay you know let's look at some of the underdogs obviously kind of the early some of the early games there you got you know teams like Furman, charleston and those are charleston Furman, princeton going against arizona <laughs> that's probably a long shot in a big way i tell you one team that i think is a really good team and they're up from out in the mountain west conference is utah state yeah. there's probably not a lot of people looking on this bracket but Utah State's going to be a, a tough game for Missouri, I think. I, I actually have picked them to, to win that game. But what are your thoughts on some of the underdogs in the in the South? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the Princeton ones, there's there's a little bit of a connection here in Hilliard where the Westwood Fieldhouse is, where you're going to have one of your camps. Not, not to put in a plug, but, you know, one of our local players is on Princeton, a kid named Matt Alaco. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. You, know, you just never know in this first round. And that's what makes the first round so exciting is, you know, we can look at analytics and all this other stuff, but and we'll talk about this, but until you put the ball out on the court, you just never know. And that's what makes this tournament special. Yeah, and we we spoke about it, talking about my time playing in the tournament. And I'm just telling you from experience, being the being the the team that's supposed to win that first game, yeah. all the pressure all the pressures on you. I mean, these these lower speed teams have no pressure. They can just go out and have fun. And this is like their Super Bowl playing this game and. And I think that's what makes it so fun and why you see a few of these upsets because, hey, you know, there's everybody's nervous. They're trying to get through that first game. And, hey, if you start off and have a first bad half and you're looking at a, you know, one or two point game at halftime, all of a sudden second half gets real interesting. Well, and, and it, it the later the game gets, I have to think the pressure – gets even higher, right? Like, you know, you know, halftime, you guys make your adjustments, you come out, well, that 10 point lead that that underdog suddenly is maybe 12 or eight and it's not going away. Does the pressure get like how, you know, (laughs) it has to get really intense. Like I thought we were going to put these guys away and they're, they're not leaving. You know I mean? They're still here. Does that make sense? No, No doubt. And I think so much of the landscape, we talked about this from transfer portals to a lot of these, lower seeds are older teams right right? Right. that have guys that have been around maybe been to high major schools for the beginning of their careers and now they've transferred and they're in their fifth or sixth (laughs) fifth or sixth year and they're men sometimes playing against boys uh and it makes a difference it really 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 does and it gives these guys a chance that normally in the past you might say well there's just way too much talent on the other team but that's when the immaturity of, you know, these younger kids, 18, 19 year olds versus 24 year olds. That's right. That's right. So we did the South. Where do we want to go next? We want to go East, what Midwest or well, let's go East. Let's drop down there you okay. know, on the bottom bracket. And you know, some of the, you know, you got Purdue's the number one seed. So, you know, you got the playoff game before that one with Texas Southern and, and my, my chart's so small. I'm having trouble reading who they're playing. Is it Farley Dickinson or yeah. somebody they're playing? Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. And so uh, those are some underdog teams. I tell you, t- an underdog I like that's coming out of Conference USA, and that's Florida Atlantic. I mean, they had a terrific season this year. So keep an eye on their nine seed versus eight Memphis. That should be a fun game. That could be a lower seed that causes some problems. And then you have down lower, you know, Vermont, obviously, is an underdog. Montana State, Louisiana. Or Roberts is a team that a lot of people are talking about because they had they got Max Albus, that outstanding guard that caused a lot of problems in the tournament a year or so ago. And but they gotta play Duke and Duke is just playing so well right now. But right. it'll be interesting to see if Oral Roberts can give Duke a scare there in the East. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I took Duke to my final four as much as it pains me to say that as a Carolina fan, but I, I got to give respect. I mean, they, they're playing their best ball right now. Everybody understands their role. Duke is really rolling, but I am seeing a lot of the same. And look, that's the, that wouldn't be the first time that a little-known team, no disrespect to Oral Roberts, but, but not a blue blood, knocked out a Duke team with a dynamic guard. 
<laughs> it's happened a few times, right? Yeah. Uh, so that wouldn't be the first time that's happened, but I, I do like Duke. I, I think Duke is really playing well. What are your thoughts on Memphis? Did you ever think that Penny Hardaway would be putting together what he's done at the college level and as a coach? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I did actually, just because coming from Memphis, he's, I think, being able to recruit that area. Yeah. Memphis, that area has a lot of good players and, you know, they're obviously going to want to come back and play for Penny. The He's been able to get the talent. And, and now I think, you know, his, he's been there a few years now and his coaching, he's, he's matured that way and he's become a better coach. Now he used to be just kind of, he's got a lot of talent, but you can see the growth in his coaching and he's done a really good job. They were able to beat Houston, albeit they didn't have one of their best players due right. to injury right. yesterday, but still, you got to go out and win the game and they did they played very well you know they could be a team that could be scary if they get through a couple games the other one i have there is louisiana and it's simply because tennessee's got their point guard is is out and and i think we saw it yesterday you know they're an, they're an incredible team rick barnes does an amazing job every year but without that point guard they're not the same and they've got a lot of guys doing their best but when it comes to tournament time Gosh, that matters. So I actually have Louisiana upsetting Tennessee, which I think paves the way for Duke to go deeper in their bracket should they get past Oral Roberts. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But, well, let's move over to the Midwest. Okay. Some of the underdogs out in the Midwest, Vermont and Northern Kentucky, both of those those teams are, you know, teams that can scare a few people. They're good teams coming from smaller leagues. You know, what are your thoughts on some of those? Drake is a team. I think a, a 12 seed that's, that could give Miami some problems. Drake's had really good. They almost got to the tournament last year. They lost in the championship, didn't make it, but they did this year. So they're a, they're a veteran team. One of those older teams that could cause some problems. And then one of my, to me, one of my favorite underdogs of the tournament here is Kent state. There you go. Very, very good team. You know, it's been a few years ago. You remember that run that they made, I think, got or one game away from the Final Four a few years ago and got knocked out by Indiana. But Kent State's, and they're playing Indiana in the first That's round. Right. So, That's right. So that could be a fun game to watch. Kennesaw State, you know, is an underdog. But first, and I have to give them a little shout-out. I'm living in the Atlanta area. It's the first time Kennesaw State's ever been to the tournament. So a lot of excitement there for them. And they're playing Xavier's. That could be an interesting interesting game at Xavier who's a good team and it's hard to kind of call a big 10 team an underdog but Penn State man they had quite a run in the in the, in the big 10 tournament and uh you know they're a 10 seed which is surprising me that they're that low so that's that's definitely a team that could cause some cause some trouble it's so funny because this is, I think, where we differ in our bracket a little bit is is I even think Texas A&M, and I'm a big Buzz Williams fan. <laughs> so I, I for me, sitting at seven, they're way underrated in a very tough conference. I mean, they went to their top conference championship. And so I really feel like A&M may be really underrated right there. And so that, that should be an amazing game. Seven, those two teams are playing probably their best basketball. And so that, that matchup will be really good and we got to cheer for ohio so kent state but indiana is also playing well and a guy that you know well coach woodson he's he's doing an incredible job with indiana yeah. and they have a great you know they may be a player of the year candidate so that's always very fun to watch i do worry about houston as the one seed with the injury 
to their player. I think they lost yesterday because they, again, injuries matter and, you know, and I think it's a groin issue. And so that, that doesn't ever, you know, that doesn't just heal real quick. That, that, that could take time. And especially for a guy that's trying to do what a, you know, typical guard would do. I, I just, I'm afraid that Houston may not be able to get all the way to Houston, which would be really cool for them. But I, I don't see that happening. I actually have Auburn beating them. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I've, Sasser's been their main scorer and such a great player for them. If he can't be healthy, that really, really hurts hurts Houston. But going back to the Texas A&M, uh, Penn State, I mean, both of those schools got to be thinking, are you kidding me? Right. Like, That's an 8-9 schools, matchup. Like, I mean, I mean, that, I mean, if not, I mean, those teams got to the championship game of two of the toughest conferences in the country. <laughs> and they got to play each other first round of the tournament. That's I mean, right. you got to be thinking those are, yeah, that's going to be a war. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a fun game to watch. Well, let's move down to the final bracket and that's the West. Yep. And you got some, a lot of underdogs in, in that bracket, Howard university, VCU, which could be a scary team. And even at five St. Mary's, that's a high seed. You know, you think of a five seed, but I think most people aren't thinking St. Mary's is going to, they're a really, really good team. Hmm. You got Iona, and I actually have Iona winning a couple rounds in my bracket with the Rick Patino, and you know his teams are going to be really well coached, and and that UConn matchup could be interesting uh, first. And then obviously you got Grand Canyon, a good friend of mine, Bryce Drew. That's right. Congratulations, congratulations to him for getting in the tournament, and unfortunately they got to play Gonzaga yeah. first round, which was a juggernaut out west but the boise state northwestern game both of those teams are probably considered a little bit underdogs right the northwestern northwestern's in the turn is it when's the last time northwestern's been in the tournament boy you asked me too quick i should have all my stats in front of me but you know like ever <laughs> yeah, right i mean i I don't know. I'm sure it has. There has been some point. I don't want to offend anybody, but it's. I'm like, yeah, but you know, congratulations, to Coach Collins, for right. finally getting over that hump. But Boise State's a a really good team. Another team from the Mountain West, who's really good, and uh, and UNC Asheville having to play UCLA, which is going to be a tough matchup. But you know, a lot of excitement for these underdog teams, and it'll be interesting because I guarantee you, somebody's going to knock off somebody always that's why that's what makes the first two days for me so so much fun it's my two favorite days of the tournament absolutely like you said there's if you can get four tvs going at once (laughs) (laughs) or wherever you go i mean it's just you're just you know bouncing back from game to game and which game's hot and who's doing what and so much so much fun but well to start out and we got to do our pre thing because it's pre-tournament and then we can always adjust next week after the first round but who do you got coming out of each bracket my final force alabama duke much as it pains me to say that texas and gonzaga kind of want to see gonzaga do this just get this whole thing done you know for for mark few but that's my four i have alabama duke texas and gonzaga who are yours yeah, pretty close. I got Alabama coming out of the South. I'm going to go with Purdue. That's different. I'm going to stick with Purdue. They've just been good all year long. They got that big kid inside that nobody can match with. They think he's going to be a problem in this tournament. And and then they got Texas coming out of the Midwest and Gonzaga coming out of the West. And then my final two is I got Alabama playing Gonzaga and 
And my heart's probably leaning toward Gonzaga just because, and you know, since we're doing the underdog, you know, talking the underdogs this week, it's funny how Gonzaga's kind of come full circle, right? Right. They year for years they were the underdog. You know, everybody was awesome watching them kind of grow, and 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 then they grew into this, you know, juggernaut to where they've been the favorite, right? The last couple of years, and yeah. they've fallen short and to the point now where nobody thinks about Gonzaga again. Right. Right. So right. It's, even as good as they are, people aren't, they're basically like, ah, Gonzaga can't win it. So in some sense, they are an underdog again. And I, I agree with you. I think it would be really fun to finally see them get over the hump and, and get that championship. But, but I had to go with Alabama just because they're so, they're so good. So I mean, good. They're, they're so good, but, but that's who I got pre pre tournament. And I'm sure I'm sure I'll be having to make some adjustments just like everybody <laughs> after the first week. But but that's the pre pre tournament predictions. Yeah, I want to see that for Gonzaga, but I agree with you. Watch it, Alabama. The whole SEC is just they play at a different level. I don't know what it is. It's the speed, the athleticism, the physicality of that. Let's move to underdogs in tournament history. I had to think about Davidson. With a little guy named, they had a guard. What was his name? <laughs> Steph Curry. Steph Curry, man. Right? Steph right? Curry. Yeah. Right? I thought back to the Cleveland State years versus another guy that kind of a center, big guy, David Robinson, I think his name was. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, um, Cleveland State, that Cleveland State, I was just, you know, that was 86-ish, you know, right in my time. Yep. You know, into my career, college career coming in and. Had that whole group, Mouse McFadden. Mouse McFadden, <laughs> he was so good. Mouse McFadden, and they were pressing and kind of the first team to kind of throw that, you know, you know, that full court pressing kind of crazy game. And, and yeah, they upset Indiana, I think it was, maybe yep. in the first round. And, yep. and, yeah, that was so much, so much fun. But, yeah, there's been some great and obviously Butler. <laughs> right. Of all places. I mean, they were never able to win it, but – I mean, that, those were amazing, amazing runs from schools that people knew about. But, I mean, you would have never thought, hey, this is a team that can get to the championship game of the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, it's just been awesome over the years to see the the teams. I can even look back to, you know, my Georgia Tech team, my junior year. Yeah. And it's funny because we had never even been to the tournament before. And so we – did well, won the ACC championship in, in the tournament that year, but still it was like no one really heard of us. Georgia Tech wasn't a national name at that time. And then we make that run in the NCAA tournament and get all the way to the Elite Eight to play the, you know, the juggernaut of Patrick Ewing and Georgetown's team. You know, one one went away from getting to the Final Four. So I, I can definitely, you know, relate to that underdog experience of getting there and then the flip side of that, <laughs> because we did so well, we become preseason number one the next year. Mm. So now we're the now we're the target, <laughs> right? And, and and the mindset is so different. I mean, it's it's shocking. It took us a, a little while. We still won like twenty eight games my senior year, but the first few games being ranked number one was like the weight of the world on our shoulders. Mm. I mean, it was it really was different. And so I. I have a lot of respect for these programs like Kansas and, you know, that, you know, top five schools like every year. I mean, the pressure to meet those expectations is there and it's real. And I mean, it's a lot of pressure on these kids. I appreciate you saying that. And I don't know if you're extending grace to this year's preseason number one that, (laughs) 
No, I, I heard it. <laughs> that didn't make the tournament, but that's fine. I'm I'm over it. What is what is the mentality in the kind of the coaching segment? You've been an underdog your whole career from speaking of North Carolina that they came and watched you and then went down the street and picked another guy. You know, you went to Georgia Tech, team wasn't really on the map yet, you put them on the map. You're drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um with the first pick in the second round, right? You weren't like the top five pick. You go to this team, they're coming off of just a horrible history, and you take them and deliver them to probably some of the greatest teams that, that never won a championship. So what's, what was your mentality? I mean, can you help people understand a little bit? They're listening, maybe coaches of, of young players. Like, how did you always just keep fighting past, maybe even being snubbed? What, what was your mentality? One is, you know, as a believer, I, I, I knew that God had a plan for, for my life and I trusted in that. And yet I also had to do my part. I had to put the time in and the work in and the effort. And, and, and there has to be a, a mindset of being prepared to and to go in to fight the battles. And, you know, we're, I think we're going to get into this to the face segment talking about some guy, you know, like guys like David or the different, you know, when we get into those of being just in overwhelming almost situations and people, you're too, you're not able to accomplish this. And I had that a lot growing up and, you know, like we've shared many times, I never passed the eye test, right? I was, right. I was 5'11", 155 pounds coming out of high school. And, you know, I can't say I totally blame, you know, North Carolina were saying, you know, not quite sure they can't get past sometimes what, what a guy looks like, right? Yeah. That he doesn't fit the mold. This guy's really, you know, I don't think anybody could imagine this guy is going to lead the ACC in scoring. I mean, there was only one school that thought that, and that was Georgia Tech. <laughs> and and they, yeah, I'm just being real, they were going after guys that other people didn't want because they weren't very good at the time. So they you know, I hate to use the mentality. They were taking the scraps or whatever, or looking for diamonds in the rough. Uh, but they couldn't go after the number one. And I, I used to kid coach Crimmins all the time because I, after we had gotten Georgia Tech established, and now they could go in and sit in front of Kenny Anderson and Stephon Marbury. And I, I used to kid coach Crimmins all the time. I said, I said, if you could have done that when I was coming out, I said you would have never come and looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the only reason they were coming after me is because they had a chance to get me, yeah. or at least they thought they did. And yeah. so, uh, and it worked out for everybody. But yeah, it was just, I think it's a great spot to be in in some ways, that underdog role, just because it keeps you motivated. It keeps a fire under you when people are saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're never going to be good enough. I think I always use that as fuel for the fire to just motivate me to become better and yet other guys i think it can beat you down as well like yeah. no matter what you do i mean no matter what i did here i was four time all acc three time first team ahead of all the other point guards in the acc and yet they were all getting drafted higher than me and were going to be better in the pros than me and it's those kind of things that if you're not mentally tough and you're not trusting in the Lord could, could beat you down because you're like, man, I mean, what is wrong with these people? I mean, I'm bet I've, I was better than these guys in college. Why I'm going to be in my mind. I'm like, well, I'm going to be better than them in the pros, but that wasn't the, the normal thought process at the time. And so, you know, I couldn't jump high enough, maybe 
not quite fast enough, you know, whatever the, the reasons, big enough, strong enough, the NBA looked at me in a different way. But, you know, I was thankful to the Lord I got that opportunity and was able to s- succeed beyond beyond those expectations. But, but, yeah, it takes a certain mindset to be able to go in. But in some ways, I always liked that because I think it's tougher to motivate yourself when you're the favorite, right? right. It's easy to get easy to get apathetic or yeah i'm just going to show up and win the game i mean that's when that's when you get yourself in trouble you mentioned it i think you've answered this question already but i do want to ask it when when you're the underdog there there's probably a fine line though you're upset you're frustrated why is this guy getting this and how come that team's that um what kept you from maybe overdoing it and kept you staying within yourself, if that question makes sense, for the audience and maybe a coach of, of a young team or a coach going into something that's they're the underdog. How do you keep your team from not getting away from who they are, knowing who they are, and trying to overdo it, but at the same time having that chip on your shoulder? You said the right word. It is a, it, it's a fine line because you know certain guys can get obsessive to the point that maybe they – overwork themselves to where their body, you know, leading to injuries even or whatever overwork or this and that. But I think a coach that can get his players to, to believe in what, what you're doing and that if you do it together and if you do the things that, you know, you hear coaches say, we gotta, we gotta play our game, not play their game. Right. Right. Whatever allows you to be successful and to buy into that and what it takes for you to, to be successful. And, and once you stray from that, start trying to do other things, that's when you get yourself in trouble. And, you know, Steve Clifford, a coach I coached with in Charlotte, a good friend of mine, one of the things he used to always say is, you know, you want to play to your strengths and help your teammates play to their strengths. And I know, and I just, that is so true. Yeah. It, it really is true. I mean, you got things that you're good at, do those things and help your teammates do what they're good at. And, you know, you're going to have a good opportunity to be successful if, if you can accomplish those two things. And stay away from being who you aren't. <laughs> Was it the Lion King that said, remember who you are? Remember who you are. All right, let's move to faith segment. We're going to talk about underdogs of the faith. I wrote down a few. Who are some of your underdogs of the faith? Well, like I mentioned earlier, I think, one guy that really jumps out is David, mm-hmm. you know, a little, little shepherd boy who <laughs> ended up going in and, and facing the giant Goliath, yeah. the overwhelming, I mean, people laughing at him and, and he could, he was so small. He couldn't even wear the armor that they had. Yeah. It was too, it was too heavy for him. And he took it off and had five stones and just walked into just an unbelievable, no chance, no, unless, by the power of God situation. And yet God brought him through and he hit Goliath between the eyes with one of those stones and dropped him. And just, I mean, one of the most, you know, all time. And I always, you know, didn't look at myself as a David, but that was where I always drew, in, you know, inspiration from, you know, over my career. Cause I played in a, in a sport with a lot of giants yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the average, I tell people all the time when I go speak or whatever, and it's probably similar still, but the average height of an NBA player when I played was about six, 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 seven. That was the average height. But you had a lot of 
six eleven, seven foot. I mean, modern day giants <laughs> on the court. And I was out there having to navigate that and trying to be successful and, and trying to beat those guys. And so I always have, you know, could always relate to that David and Goliath story was always an inspiration to me. I read it somewhere. I don't know if it's true. I read that he took five smooth stones and that was because Goliath had four brothers. I, that always stuck with me. Again, I don't think that's in scripture anywhere, but if it's true, I, I love that because that's how confident he was. It was only going to take one to take out the giant, but he had the other four prepared. Again, I don't know if that's true, but even if it's not, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and and I think that's <laughs> that the cool. Yeah, that is a cool thought. I'd never heard. I've never heard that either. But yeah, that <laughs> that would be cool if it was true. And and even if it's not, that's the mentality maybe of you know what God's got this. It's only going to take yeah. one. And just yeah. in case you know, in case his brothers show up, I've got four more. Another one for me was Noah mentioned they thought David was crazy. You know, people thought Noah was crazy. I mean, he, he built that thing and people are like, like you said in an early episode, what's rain. It's not like we had the forecast every morning. And, right. uh, <laughs> and so Noah was the ultimate weatherman and knew that the storm was coming and, and stood against really everybody counting him out and probably calling him a bit crazy. I, I thought Noah was one for me. Well, I'm sure they had tours and everything, right? You know, like tourists, you know, let's go watch and let's go tour the crazy man's boat that's built and out in the middle, middle of the desert or whatever, saying, you know, thinking that the rain's going to come. Right. And yeah, it's the, the ridicule. And I mean, and not only that, but holding his family together through it as well, right? It's one thing for you to, hey, God's called you to do it, but you know, getting your family to, to hang on, right? At some point, they're probably coming out, hey, dad. You know, you really think this is, you know, what we need to be doing here. And, and, but yet Noah was just like locked in and faithful and, and despite everything he was, he was right. And God honored that. And, and I mean, it all came to pass, but yeah, during, during the process, I mean, I'm sure it were a lot of interesting discussions in the Noah household <laughs> right. during, during that time. So true. And actually there's a Steve Carell movie. That's not necessarily one of those Christian movies, Evan almighty, I think it's called, but it's pretty funny because it does put it in a modern perspective. You did good, son. You changed the world. No, no, I didn't. Well, let's see. Spending time with your family, making them very happy. Right. So, so how do we change the world? One act of random kindness at a time. One act of random kindness. Wow. <laughs> you know, the, another one for me, I think each of us are underdogs. What are your thoughts on us being underdogs every day? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, the scripture talks about, you know, the enemy is not physical, but it's not flesh and blood, the principalities and powers that are working against us every day. And as believers trying to discourage us, trying to get us off track, trying to get us not to trust, trust in God and put our faith in him and try to get us to distract us, to put our, our, our interest in other things, uh, whether it be sports, everybody's excited right now about the tournament, but just the, the busyness of everyday life, right. To get us distracted off of, of what God wants for us. And so, yeah, we, we're always an underdog 
situation in, in the sense that we're still here, but we're not underdogs in the fact that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is our Lord and Savior, and he's got our back. And so we know that that we're in a good place and that no matter what we're going through, that God's going to honor, you know, honor that faithfulness as he has all throughout Scripture in the past that references that we've just talked about. And I think it ties it together perfectly with what we already said about underdogs, and that's know who you are. Know who God created you to be. And once we figure that out, just stay in that lane. Like, you know, don't trust him for the process and that he's going to put you in situations and opportunities to be your best and to win the the game that's in front of you every single day. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And, I mean, the basic purpose of, you know, man that God created, right, is to know him and to make him known. Yeah. If we can just kind of remember and to keep it simple like that, right, to know him, I mean, make sure we're spending time with God and his word that he's given us. The more we know him, the stronger that we become in our faith. And then to make him known, you know, the scripture talks about let your light shine before men in such a way that they might see your good works and glorify your father that's in heaven. And just keep our minds on the simple things, right? Just do what God's called us to do, you know, love him more, grow more, learn more about him, know him more, and then make him known to others that he puts in our lives. He's put each and every one of us in strategic spots, you know, Mm -hmm. some of us you know, might say, well, hey, some some spots are bigger than others. Well, in the world's eyes, maybe, you know, but God has each and every one of us, one of us exactly where we are placed for a purpose to be a light for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's put us with other people as well around to to be an encouragement to to make him known to them. And and so that's to me, that's the ultimate ultimate goal for our lives to know him and to make him known and if we're continuing to do those two things then we're going to be in his will and his path and what he has for us and all the other things as the scripture said you know seek ye first the kingdom of god and what else after that all things shall be added to you mm. and so all the other stuff comes when we're seeking him first well to all of our underdogs out there whether it's at work or in the tournament great stuff today and hopefully We've got you a little bit of insight into the tournament and a little bit of something for your faith as well. Looking ahead, I'm going to make this asterisk really quick. We've got the next two episodes are scheduled to appear. So that's the asterisk because when we say who these are, these two men are very busy right now with the tournament. But scheduled to appear next week is our very special guest, Clark Kellogg. And the day we're recording is the second day of the tournament. And so again, asterisk scheduled to appear but currently right now we're really excited to talk to clark about boy nca tournament and his faith and then the week after that we have jimmy dykes from espn and again he's also very busy this time of year with you know the tournament and everything else but so next week clark kellogg scheduled to appear jimmy dykes the week after that and then the week after that's champions and that's what a perfect time to talk about champions because it's good friday week and so I'm looking forward to what's ahead in this series, Mark. Really excited about it. You know, we got the opportunity to possibly talk with two of the the best basketball minds in the country right now, guys that have been doing the college basketball scene for years and years, and uh, two people that I have great respect for, two men of faith, and it'll be so much fun just getting their perspective 
on the tournament, the teams, but also what God is doing in their lives and the lessons that he's taught them over the years. And really excited about the opportunity to get a chance to talk to these two men. Can't wait. And last thing, camps, once again, we'll mention that again. Camps, everything's up and running, right? MarkPriceCamps.com. Yeah, everything's up and running. Getting good response so far early in the process. But, hey, you want to get your kid, want him to learn fundamentals of the game, want to learn to make free throws, all the things that are important. You need to come and be a part of Mark Price Camps. Go to the website, MarkPriceCamps.com, and Look at the camps that we have available. Got five of them in the Ohio area this this summer. Would absolutely love to see you come and be a part of it. It's it's a lot of fun. We learn a lot. We teach. We work. But we have a lot of fun doing it. And I enjoy it and love get, being around, hanging around all the all the young people come to the camps and getting a chance to to uh, pass some knowledge on to the next generation. Well, we went longer this week, but we had a lot to cover, and it's a big week. It's one of the biggest weeks, really, you know, in terms of college basketball. It is the week when the tournament kicks off, and we can't wait to talk to Clark Kellogg hopefully next week and get his insight on the tournament and just some of his picks and, and of course, his faith and his career at Ohio State and, and in the NBA. So for Mark, I'm Aaron. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week for Episode 22. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mark Price for Three podcast. Remember to subscribe, like, review, and share. I'm Josh Price, and we will talk to you again on the next episode.